Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Ariana Prail in for Mina Kim. It's been a year, one that has tested all of us in various ways. So as we near the end of 2020, we want to know what's helped you through it. Whether you've gotten lost in the outdoors, discovered a new hobby, or reignited a friendship online, we're opening the phones to hear how you've managed and coped with the chaos, stress, and uncertainty of 2020. You can give us a call now at 866-733-6786, send an email to forum at kqed.org, or post your comments on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. We'll get the conversation started after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail in Fermina Kim. The other week, the team at KQED Arts put a call out online asking, what helped you get through this year? And they got over 100 responses, many sharing optimism, creativity, and expressions of gratitude. So now we're asking you, our listeners, what was it that got you through 2020 that helped you navigate all the events and emotions of this year? Maybe it was a friendship, starting a new project that inspired you or visiting an old favorite book or TV show that felt comforting, give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. And joining me for this conversation is Tony Bravo, columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to Forum, Tony Bravo. Thanks for having me. Happy almost 2020 being over. Right. (laughs) And we also have Ray Alexandra, staff writer for KQD Arts, joining us. Welcome, Ray Alexandra. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I remember a couple months ago after yet another big news event of some kind, Jelani Cobb with The New Yorker tweeted, 2020 is James Brown throwing off the cape. (laughs) Like, I can't go on. I can't go on. And oh, nope, still going. Like, it has been relentless, even yesterday's news cycle. So we thought it might be nice to reflect on what helped make it a little bit more bearable. So Tony Bravo, I'm going to start with you. What's something that helped you get through this year? Um, Me personally, gratitude, Uh, realizing what I had to be thankful for on levels as basic as the housing and the health of the people around me uh, was a really significant exercise for me to practice this year. Um, Other than that, I would say viewing art and uh, CBD sleeping aids. Those would be the major things that got me through 2020. (laughs) And Ray Alexandra, how about you? 
Um, I think it took me a few months to figure it out. Um, at the start of the pandemic, I was thinking, oh, look at all this spare time. I'm going to read four books a month and learn a language. And you realize six weeks in that actually this is very hard and uh, I need to turn my brain off, not fill it with more information. So I fell pretty hard into the puzzle trend in the, mm-hmm. in the spring, summer. But the thing that's really going to carry me through to 2021 is um, I've discovered that I love feeding wildlife. So the, uh, the squirrels at the Berkeley campus and the birds at Lake Merritt and the turtles at the Palace of Fine Arts, like I go and buy appropriate food for the wildlife. And that's what I do now. Nice. Uh, I know for me, there were many things at different points. But um, one highlight was I got even more into plants. I know that was a common thing for a lot of people. I started the year with four. I have 12 now. Um, We'll see how they all fare in the winter. (laughs) Because it's one thing when you just start taking them on, then you realize like, oh, yeah, I have to take care of all these things. But it's actually been fun. And I know way more about watering needs and different soils than I ever thought I would know. Um, And Ray Alexandra, one of the themes that I know you saw emerge in the piece that you did for KQD Arts was artistic expression. What kinds of things did did people share with you? Um, I was really uh, kind of astonished by the the creativity that came from the public, whether it was painting a fence by their house or learning beading, doing murals on the side of their homes. Um, One of my personal favorites was an artist named Meredith Steele, who lives in the East Bay, committed at the start of the pandemic to doing 100 paintings of Oakland. And she did. And they're all amazing. Um, I encourage you all to look at Meredith Steele. She did some really wonderful work this year. But um, I think people have gotten crafty on very small levels and very big levels. And I know, Tony, you've seen you said you've seen self-expression through crafting and the like become popular this year too what have you observed i think that um crafting has become a release for a lot of people whether it's making christmas ornaments making gifts for people starting a hobby like needlepoint Um, i have several friends that took up needlepoint or crochet or um other forms of knitting I think people wanted to have something that was both uh, something that would keep their hands busy, that would keep them going, but also let them shut their brains off a little bit. There can be a nice kind of meditative quality to some of those repetitive craft activities. Um, I don't know that everyone's going to leave 2020, by the way, being a crafter. I've seen some atrocities committed with the group, with the glue gun, but they are valid. They are forms of expression yes. and release, and I honor them this year. Yes, it's a it's a time that we could use to experiment and, and explore a bit. And and on that topic of art, I'm going to go to caller Lucinda and Sausalito. Lucinda, you're on. Hey, good morning. Um, I've been teaching watercolor for over 30 years in person. And due to the pandemic, I've had to uh, pivot online, and I am astonished at the um, uh, the way that I've been able to touch people by giving them an opportunity to uh, be in the moment and create art that they thought they never could do. And I, I really call it um, giving sanity uh during that hour that I teach. And because of my classes, I've been able to teach people that I went to elementary school with. I've taught my mother's best friend. And because of that, I found out um, a lot of interesting things about her. So uh, 
giving people an opportunity to paint. And uh, I, I do have this one fellow who's in his late 70s. He said, I cannot believe I've waited until my 70s to learn how to paint. And he is, he's thriving. And so that's how I've gotten through by uh, offering people uh, classes online. Thank you for the topic. Great. Thanks for calling in, Lucinda. And um, also in the area of kind of artistic expression was rediscovering public art. Uh, Tony, can you speak a little bit to that? In a year where museums and galleries were opened and then closed and then opened again and then closed again a, a little bit over a month later, the art that was immediately available to us became, I think, more important than ever for some people. What inspired me was watching people generate new kinds of public art in a way that felt really organic and of the community. Uh, notable among that would be some of what we saw painted on plywood that was covering shop windows uh, during the early days of the pandemic and um, during some of the protests. What was, um, what was painted on those facades I thought was pretty indicative of, of how many of us were feeling around the loneliness around issues around social justice. Um, we also watch people create very personal, um, very small poetry projects that were just specific to their own neighborhood, uh, artistic uh, projects, I mean. Yeah, and you um, Including um, a poet that, oh. uh, yeah, I, I, I profiled a great poet, uh, Gene Kane, who- um, He's actually with us. Up I believe every we day. have him on the line. So Gene, are you here? Gene Kane? Oh, I guess I thought we had him on the line, but he just might be um, he might just be muted, which is just, again, a part of what's gotten us through is sometimes having to banter a little bit when a technical <laughs> difficulty happens. Um, Gene, are you there with us? I am here. Can you hear okay, me? OK, great. Yes. So um, Tony was just doing a brief introduction of you to, to share how poetry was a poetry project that you initiated helped get you through this year. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, for sure. And I want to thank Tony for helping to to spread the word about my project. Uh, yeah, back in March, I when quarantine first happened, uh, I noticed there was an increase of folks walking through my neighborhood. I live across from a small park. Um, and an idea kind of popped into my head that it might be kind of fun to have something for them to read. I had been putting out public poetry or posting poetry around town uh, where I live in Alameda before that for a couple of years. Um, but what I did was I took pieces of cardboard and strung them to five trees in this uh, this little park across from where I live. And uh, each day since March 19th, I posted a poem, um, sometimes encouraging, so something to, you know, cheer people up as they're walking by, but but whimsical and thoughtful, sometimes political. Um, and I've been doing it every day since then. And it's been, I think, for the people who read the poems uh, and for myself equally, uh, a positive and, and uh a nice ritual, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Gene. And and Tony, sure. if you want to just add on kind of what you what you enjoyed of seeing um, in that project. Yeah, what I think was really inspiring to me about Gene's poetry was that it was so from the heart. He was reacting to things that he, he is reacting to things because this project is ongoing that happened sometimes the day before. Um, it, it's clear poetry. It's poetry that has some really beautiful illusions in it, but it's not poetry that I have had to get another advanced degree in order to understand. Um, as I joked with him, um, it was poetry that told a story 
and um, putting it on Instagram was the way that I discovered Gene. Uh, I think he's at Five Tree Poems, and um, that's connected him to readers not only in his neighborhood but around the world. And that led into another theme that I thought was really important this year. Even though we are apart physically, I feel like connections to people, reconnecting with people either via social media or as we're doing now on Zoom was a really significant arc for many people in 2020. And we're getting a lot of other comments as well. Shelley writes, I enjoyed not having to rush around reading and crocheting. Lisa in San Jose writes, my new BFFs, Pinot and Chardonnay, were what helped her get through 2020. And Bill in Santa Barbara writes, the Lakers and the Dodgers winning championships in the same year. This listener writes, running. Before the pandemic, I commuted more than two hours per day, so I rarely had time to exercise and had, been, and had stopped running when my second daughter was born. Once I started working from home, I started going on almost daily jogs and long walks with my kids in the double stroller. I feel healthier and less stressed. Uh, so if you want to share what's gotten you through 2020, you can give us a call at 866-733-6786. You can email us at forum at kqed.org or post your messages on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum um, or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. And I think I actually have time for one other comment. Alicia writes, the things that have gotten me through 2020, carrying, safely delivering, now raising twin boys, also Cuban salsa, soca, and Afrobeat mixes, and reading Very Smart Brothers blog posts. So we'll have more with Tony Bravo, Ray Alexandra, and all the things that are getting you through 2020 after the break. Stay with us. I'm Ariana Prail. This is Forum. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail in Fermina Kim. We're talking about what got you through 2020 with Tony Bravo, columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle, and Ray Alexandra, staff writer for KQED Arts, and you are listeners. So let's go to caller Robert in Castro Valley. Robert, you're on. Yes, hi. My name is Robert, and um, I'm a second career DJ, someone who uh, at 57 uh, retired and decided to start a DJ business. Well, when March happened, I lost all my clients and couldn't do school dances and whatnot. So I ended up being creative like I am. I put my DJ speakers and bubble machines on my car. And during the pandemic, it was outstanding fun to drive around playing music, music that I wanted to play, blowing giant, massive plumes of bubbles out of the back of my car because it really made me happy 
to see the people smiling and laughing. It's something that you don't see every day. And it just brought me a lot of joy and gave me something to do, putting together playlists of music, that type of thing. Nice. Thanks for sharing that, Robert. And Ray Alexandra, I know that I, we've been getting other comments like Fung writes, D-Nice's Club Quarantine and Verses. We did see we're going to have a whole special show next week that's looking uh, specifically at the music that, that got us through 2020. So we won't get too into it. But there were kind of lots of online music events that were really helping bring people joy and, and inspire also going out and DJing in the street, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, um I think especially at the beginning of the pandemic, when we were desperately trying to sort of replicate our social lives online, we were very heavily reliant on live streams. Um, I know my boyfriend was doing a DJ set every single day on Facebook, um, and that became a little more difficult as time went on. So that car solution is genius because Facebook was muting all of the DJs within a month or so. Um, But, you know, in the call out we did on social media for KQED Arts and Culture, what I heard a lot of were um, people embracing music at home, uh, picking up new instruments, starting bands with their roommates. Um, One guy started a record label. Just people were finding their way to music um, at home when when they couldn't get to it anywhere else. Nice. And we also know that virtual, just finding other virtual communities, whether it's participating in a dance party that's online or like Kalia writes, virtual coffee club has been my lifeline in the past two months. We mail each other new coffees to try, swap tips on the best brewing methods and have a group text chat that won't quit. We meet every two weeks, early Saturdays for a battle love session where we compare grind styles, roasts. Uh, water temperatures, you name it. We were mostly virtual strangers, and now I look forward to the daily text chats. Uh, Tony, do you have any thoughts or just observations that you've seen with just people building virtual community? Yeah, you know, community is the thing this year, which is maybe surprising to some people, given that this year has been so much about not being able to be around people. I've watched people do things like start stoop performances uh, where they would play instruments out in front of their house and invite other people to bring an instrument and jam. I've seen garage bands. I've seen pop-up dance parties on slow streets at a social distance, by the way. I love the idea that we're not only reaching out to each other, but we're reaching out to people through art, whether it's poetry, music, DJ sets, dancing. I hope that that is something that we take with us into 2021 and beyond the pandemic, this idea that, um, especially for many people in San Francisco and the Bay Area that are feeling sort of deracinated by a lot of the changes that have happened in the last few years, the idea that you can knock on a neighbor's door, that you can say hi to somebody in the street, that you can build a community for yourself as as a really great coping tool. Yeah. And Vanessa writes, my friend and I would meet at a virtual cafe called Cafe Vanessa, which was my apartment with a paper that said Cafe Vanessa on it that I taped to the wall behind me. We would drink coffee and order snacks and talk about life in our apartments while in different states. What we're all going through is universal. Laughing and making an effort for fun has been paramount. Let's go next to caller uh, Gitika. Gitika, you're on. Hi, I wanted to say uh, that KQED has been really great for me because I've listened to you so much and you have uplifting and um, informative uh, coverage. Oh, thanks for that. 
Thank you. And the other thing that has really helped me are farmers markets, um, especially in the early few weeks when it seemed like everything was gone from the stores. Uh, the farmers always had eggs and fresh produce. Um, and I feel like I felt better about going there because it was an open um, open market always. And I love that California, we can have um, you know a warmer climate that that could happen. Um, and then that led to not only more um, local and seasonal food consumption, but also more cooking, which maybe I had a little too much of this year. But in hindsight, I think it kept me going because there's also a creativity and uh, something about opening an old recipe book that I haven't opened for many years um, and had dust on it. So I have to say that kept me going, just feeding my family with good organic, um, fresh produce. And thank you to the farmers who kept coming and kept providing us with food and how uh, elemental and important is that that kept me going through this really difficult time. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Gitika. And yeah, I know the farmer's market being outdoor just remind that outdoor activities were a huge thing this year. Uh, Ray Alexandra, I know that was another theme that you saw emerge um, from your responses, right? That was probably the biggest theme, to be honest. Um, We heard from people who were swimming and rowing in the bay, people hiking, cycling. Um, We even had, I was really touched by one reader who was not in the best of health. So he had really just embraced um, the nature in his own backyard and was using it as a photography project also. Um, And one of my other favorites was a woman in Pacifica who's discovered all of a sudden that she loves 80s aerobics uh, Mm. and she does it out on her deck, even though she says all of my neighbors and passersby can see me and they all think I'm crazy, but I love it. So like full on jazzercise and and full on leg warmers. Yeah. Nice. And we have this comment from Victoria who writes, in June, when public pools were still shut, my neighbor and I began swimming in the bay, jumping off a Berkeley pier. We were not alone. Open water swimming has saved many of us. In the ocean, your mind cannot wander. You're absolutely focused on where you are, literally immersed in a wild place. Hope to continue forever. And Danielle writes, one of the ways I've kept sane and happy is discovering new natural areas, whether a local golf course that was closed early on in the pandemic or other open space preserves throughout art, through artist groups that still occasionally meet for outdoor sketching. And Tony Bravo, did you have any interesting observations around outdoor activities this year? Oh, yeah. I mean, it feels like natural spaces, places you can hike, uh, beaches, uh, trails were more crowded than ever. Um, Again, at a safe distance for those that were observing it. Um, But on the other end of the spectrum, back indoors, I noticed a lot, a lot of people cooking. Do you remember the sourdough bread starter that sort of began the pandemic for a lot of people? Well, that I think once people got over the carbohydrate thing, really snowballed into what can we do with these ingredients that we have? What can we go to the farmer's market to find? Um, Can we experiment with a different type of cuisine? Uh, The Great British Baking Show and other baking shows have been so popular over the last few years that a lot of people, I think, finally decided, you know what, I'm going to buy that cookie tin, that uh, bunt tray. I'm going to finally dive in and try and be my own Mary Berry or Paul Hollywood. Nice. And let's go to caller Brad in Foster City. Brad, you're on the air. Brad, Good morning, are you there? everybody. I'm oh. just, yes, can you hear me? Yep, go ahead. 
can hear. Thank you. I'm just surprised I have not heard exercise yet. I, I, I hear a lot of great things, but for me, I just want to tell everybody, like, uh, exercise is amazing. It's a natural thing you could do. I think one blessing of this, uh, this COVID thing has been to teach everybody that you don't need to go to a big warehouse with filled with equipment to do it. I think, uh, a lot of our, uh, uh, Asian neighbors were doing Tai Chi in the parks. And, and I think sometimes people would look at them as Wisconsin. Now we realize that they were onto something. I mean, you, I now have been relegated and I just wanted to pass on a few tips if I can. Like, I went to BevMo because no workout equipment is available. I bought giant bottles of sangria, and I hold those by the neck and use those for part of my stuff. Or if you want other equipment, you could just buy a uh, laundry detergent that's, you know, the good size. Some of them have really nice ergonomic handles. And then uh, just utilize stretching. I feel like the quiet and being in tune with your body and feeling it adjust and stretch. Just look up basic stretches on YouTube videos. But exercise, just make up three workouts, one, two, three, get them done in the course of a week. Uh, and get if, if you do that for a week and complete five weeks, you will feel immensely different. And also try a hydration challenge. Buy a gallon of distilled water and take down one by the end of each day. In 10 days, you'll be your system will be much more dilute. Uh, try those things. Those yeah. things are amazing. You don't need to, I know it's kind of wordy, so just want to pass that along. I think exercise yeah. is amazing. And yeah, and just getting creative with, yeah, what we can do, just calisthenics and things you can do with, with household objects. Uh, and Michelle writes on that note, over the summer, I took evening walks regularly and called a friend. This gave me the opportunity to get out of the house safely, get some exercise and process the craziness and sense of loss the world is feeling. These walks are the only thing that kept me sane. Let's go next to Arlinda in Oakland. Arlinda, you're on. Hi. Because I live alone, I have found YouTube um, audios by Jack Cornfield and Joseph Goldstein and John Kabat-Zinn to be extremely helpful in uh, preventing loneliness and helping me stay grounded and centered and uh, feel gratitude even for this period of solitude. And I put them on when I'm doing my dishes from my cooking, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, I, I have some company in the kitchen, and um, I, uh, I learned something to become more spiritually grounded. Yeah, it is amazing just how playing a YouTube video or having a show on in the background can feel like a friend or another person in the, in the room, yeah. The audio, I mean, you're listening to. yeah. Because you don't have to pay attention to it because you can cook or you can, or, you know, with an audio on, you can cook, you can, um, you know, do your dishes, you can clean the kitchen, you you know. Exactly. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Arlinda. And I know, Ray Alexandra, YouTube, you've kind of had your own um, quest on YouTube in terms of finding certain videos. Oh, I've gotten very strange with YouTube this year. <laughs> um, the last few months, I've been seeking out uh, old videos that were originally released in the 90s on VHS only. Um, my two favorites so far uh, that have emerged on YouTube recently. Uh, one is Rue McClanahan, who played Blanche in the Golden Girls. Uh, she made pet care guides in the 90s, one for hmm. dogs, one for cats comedy gold unintentional comedy gold and then also recently i found uh, leonard nimoy put together a y2k survival guide in 1998 again comedy gold um so yeah youtube is a wealth of uh crazy things that should have disappeared by now and haven't and i love it for that 
And Tony Bravo, I know you did a piece on the Golden Girls and kind of a special place that it held this year. Yeah, a lot of people talked about binging or rediscovering the Golden Girls and other classic sitcoms. The Golden Girls, I think, is especially an interesting example because a lot of what that show is about is about women that by coming together are grappling with loneliness are um, trying to live their lives to the fullest at a point after which society has kind of said that they're past their expiration date. There's such a joie de vivre in that show that I think a lot of people felt like they could become the fifth golden girl by watching the series. And while we are talking about um, great YouTube videos, I just have to shout out the Angela Lansbury workout video, which is very much available on YouTube, as well as the Debbie Reynolds doing it with Debbie aerobics tape, uh, which is, I I mean, you think Rue McClanahan and Leonard Nimoy have some good stuff, Ray? I highly recommend these for your next YouTube jaunt. God bless you, Tony. This is immediately how I'm spending my afternoon. (laughs) The Shelley Winners dialogue in the Debbie Reynolds workout tape is, it is a day's worth of viewing as far as I'm concerned. Some great recommendations we're getting from Tony Bravo and Ray Alexandra. And kind of on the Golden Girls tip, uh, Jeannie writes, living in a community household of nine adults. No, we're not a frat house or a bunch of old folks, just a group of mature adults to decide to live a different way. We are each other's source of entertainment, kind acts, project manager project managers and chefs. We've watched and talked about sad and horrifying events together along with the triumphs and approached the pandemic with more intelligence than any single one of us could muster. I know, Tony Bravo, you'd also looked at just how some how this pandemic also forced some of some of us who might have roommates uh, to get even closer than you might normally have to under kind of shelter in place situations. Yeah, it's been very interesting talking to people in the Bay Area and beyond that uh, are in roommate situations about how they make sharing spaces work. Um, Accepting a certain degree of necessary closeness when you're sheltering with, uh, let's say, more than one other person, I think is a really key part of the process. It's been interesting to watch how this has also affected uh, marriages and other types of relationships. I got married this year, and one of the things we tried to do to sort of keep our honeymoon year interesting in spite of the pandemic was we would have little date nights with each other where we would cook or try and do something that was slightly outside of our usual patterns, maybe watch a movie instead of the 400th episode of Buffy that week. Um, I think a sense of trying to keep occasions with the people that you're living with is really helpful for turning what could be a very stressful situation into one that is maybe not only a little bit more bearable, but feels a little bit like a, like a summer camp or a a celebration. You know, one of the fun reasons you would come together, a very extended sleepover during shelter in place. And we have this comment uh, from Cynthia who writes, early in the pandemic, we held socially distanced block tails sitting in or in the middle of our driveways. We live on a hillside cul-de-sac. This became a regular activity on Friday nights, and we all agreed it was the social connection we all craved. We are still doing it despite the cold weather. We discovered how much we enjoy each other's company during this situation. And now let's go to caller Brendan in San Francisco. Brendan, you're on. 
Hi there. Thank you for having me on. You know, it was really interesting to hear one of the callers talking about um, living alone and finding those mindfulness practices. And Tony was talking about, you know, the girls and girls and, and how there was a sense of isolation, but also community. And so one of the things that um, I've been doing in 2020 to stay sane and healthy is I work for Kaiser Permanente Educational Theater. And we before the pandemic, we were providing live theatrical programming with health messages to young people throughout Northern California and beyond. And since the pandemic, we've really transitioned all of our programming online to tackle issues such as social isolation, social exhaustion, um, depression, um, what to do if somebody is feeling anxious, or um, even things just like mindfulness and um, healthy coping skills and relying on trusted adults. And we know that young people especially need these skills now and these tools. And so it just gives me so much hope and, and joy, really, to be shifting our platform to the virtual space so that we can provide these theatrical programs to young people um, during, during this really challenging time that 2020 has been. Well, thank you so much, Brendan, for that. And for that reminder that, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of what has gotten us through, it's really about self-care and just helping support our our own mental health. Um, So thank you for that. And again, we're welcoming all of you, our listeners, to share what's gotten you through 2020. You can email us at forum at kqed.org or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. We'll have more with my guest Tony Bravo, columnist for San Francisco Chronicle and Ray Alexandra, staff writer for KQED Arts, and your listeners after the break. I'm Ariana Prail. This is Forum. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail in Fermina Kim. We're talking about what's get what got us through the year of 2020. And I'm joined by Tony Bravo, columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle, and Ray Alexandra, staff writer for KQD Arts. And all of you are listeners, and we're getting lots of great calls and comments. This listener writes, Our dog Izzy has gotten me and my husband through quarantine. She's a puppy, so she doesn't know life before COVID. All she knows is, quote, mom and dad are here all the time with her, and she loves it. She waits outside my office door when I'm working and has apparently learned my goodbye voice because my husband says she gets excited when I end my Zoom calls and starts wagging her tail. It's crazy how this adorable and frisky little black lab keeps me in the now and gives me moments of joy every day. Tony Bravo, pets are definitely another kind of source of comfort this year. And it seems that pet adoption also became a really big trend. Yeah, um, it's it's like Easter with uh, baby chickies and bunnies. The number of cat and dog adoptions has gone up significantly. At least it did in the beginning of the pandemic. There were actually wait lists 
at a lot of uh, shelters and SPCAs, which I thought was really encouraging because it meant people were adopting and not shopping for pets. Um, we're actually considering a, a possible canine addition to our family as well. I think there's something to be said for the um, endless love and the total lack of complexity over the world situation that comes with the affection from an animal. Um, and another major thing, by the way, that a lot of people told me got them through this year was therapy. So a shout out to yes. all of the mental health providers there and to the team of mental health providers that it takes to keep me going in 2020. It takes a village. It does. And I think that um, they deserve as much credit as any other frontline workers do this year. And similarly on that note, Simran writes, hope and love and empathy was a big overall theme, but I could honestly say my tribe got me through. Virtual book clubs with them, Zoom parties, club quarantine with D-Nice, verses, online dance classes, yoga, running, staying active and committing to my normal schedule. Also the Black Lives Matter movement and the reckoning with the horrific racial injustices this country has done to black people. Lastly, normalizing not being okay. Therapy got me through 2020. So Simran covered a lot of a lot of bases with that one, um, the shout out to therapy, but also the Black Lives Matter movement and activism and um, being another source of being able to cope. And I feel like that was a theme that also uh, arose for for both you. Ray Ray Alexander, did you hear any similar things around just activism? Um, I I don't know that any of us could have avoided activism this year. Um, And, you know, for a lot of us, we had been separate from each other for three months at the time that George Floyd was killed and um, the protest started. So uh, I, th- I think this will be a year that people will look back on and be astonished pretty consistently. But what happened this year around racial justice was really stunning, especially for it to be happening in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and actually, those protests have kind of shaped how I've moved forward in terms of not being so scared to leave the house. Um, You know, all of those people came together, they kept their masks on, we didn't get a spike. And so it it made me less scared to go out. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where when you might be feeling more isolated and wondering, like, is every is anyone else kind of feeling what I'm feeling, the tension of things? And, and so I feel like, Part of the movements, the social um, justice movements this year was that reminder that another way of seeing how we are in this together. Right. Tony Bravo, did you have any reflections on that? I think that empathy this year was a radical form of activism, uh, not only because of the pandemic, but because we were there were many people that were finally understanding what goes on for people outside of their immediate experience, whether we're talking about uh, people of color, LGBTQ people, uh, economically disenfranchised people, the unsheltered. Um, The ability to do activism also remotely, um, in addition to the big marches and big public art projects that emerged this year, I think was really significant for people that wanted to be involved but that we're worried about being in spaces with a lot of people, even outside. I know that some of that is continuing even still with the uh, Georgia Senate race. There are people that are able to uh, make phone calls, do a kind of remote activism or campaigning. And um, I don't think Black Lives Matter 
and many of these other social justice issues are going anywhere in 2021. No, if anything, not. we've just seen that they are becoming sharper and more specific in looking at conditions within workplaces, uh, conditions within living situations. It's going to be a topic that I think continues to give people some comfort because activism is active. It's involved. And also on similar trend, Brooke writes, I've now had more time to volunteer with search and rescue. Nothing feels better than helping other people. So volunteering kind of also in that vein of just feeling connected to community. Uh, now let's go to caller Bob in San Jose. Bob, you're on. Yeah. Hi, I'm trying to get back off the speakerphone. Um, okay. Are you there? Um, you got, we got you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so I, um, because I had one laying around the house and it kept popping up in my Facebook feed, started playing the ukulele this year. And I have discovered a worldwide community of ukulele players online who I play with sometimes daily. People regularly play with people all over the English-speaking world, England, Australia, most of the 50 states and Canada, um, a, a lot of Europe where people still speak English as a second language in addition to whatever their home tongue is. So it's it's I, I have a worldwide community that I've tapped into that's really sustained me through all of this. Oh, that's really nice to to hear. Thanks for sharing that with us, Bob. And call, uh, commenter Amoma writes, I had plenty of Zoom dates with my friends. We participated in soul line dancing, game nights, painting classes, and movie nights, all on all via Zoom. And yeah, the, and the, the, the ukulele people are all over Zoom. They, oh, nice. They've adopted it wholesale. And Jonathan writes, I have done a 17-day long road trip with no plan, just driving across the country. It gave me joy, and I have reconnected with myself. The whole road trip was recorded as a vlog and is viewable on Instagram. Uh, that reminds me, too, that just the sharing, you know, there is one thing to connecting, you know, and everybody logging into Zoom on time, but also more sharing on social media of you know, maybe a road trip, but also mundane activities that just help you feel a little bit more connected in that way. Ray Alexander? I completely agree. Um, but I do think what Tony was talking about earlier with the small connections people are making in their communities has been probably even more impactful. Um, you know, we, we talked about sourdough earlier. Uh, I do not cook. I'm not going to ever make sourdough. But I was glued to next door watching people leaving little gifts for each other around neighborhoods, almost like treasure hunts. Um, so I think finding new ways of communicating and connecting has been a real theme this year. And like everything else, I, I think that will continue. Um, yeah, we got more creative for sure. And sorry, I said Ray Alexander before I meant Ray Alexandra. Uh, let's go to caller Joan in Berkeley next. Joan, you're on. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, uh, I I am a quiet activist, I guess, but um, specifically for the seriously mentally ill who are homeless. I'm into preventing homelessness, I guess, because my son, one of my sons, who's mentally ill, um, mm -hmm. I don't want him to become homeless. So I go to laundromats because a lot of homeless hang out there. 
and I've been to many laundromats in the East Bay and even uh, in San Francisco. And I, I, um, they just go in there to keep themselves warm. So I bring more than my one basket of clothes that I want to wash. I bring clothes that my mentally ill son buys at the Ashby Flea Market. And a lot of them don't fit him. He just likes to, he'd be a buyer, I guess, mm-hmm. if he were well. So uh, I take the dresses and all the stuff that doesn't fit him. Um, and I keep them in my car. I give them out at the laundromat um, or even on the street. I may throw something out the window for oh, someone who isn't wearing a coat. Well, I think uh, I wish people would do that because you see people. I mean, nobody, if you're not blind, you can see that there are people out there and you know the weather is cold, so you can give it to them. And um, according to a book by D.J. Jaffe uh, called Insane Consequences, most of the homeless are mentally, seriously mentally ill. Well, thank you, Joan, for sharing for sharing your experience and, and what you're feeling how you're, how you're feeling called to give back and going to some more comments that we have a listener writes i am a woman in long-term recovery who has been able to deepen my commitment to my sobriety and sanity because alcoholic alcoholics anonymous and other 12-step programs created an amazing assortment of zoom gatherings support and connection has never been more important these gatherings are available to all who struggle with their various issues for free plenty of new people are getting clean and sober because of the commitment to service by these groups tony bravo do you have any reflections on that i know we talked about therapy before as one resource and that was getting people through Anything that I think allows people to feel like they are in control of their decisions, that they are finding a community, that they don't have to resort to something that they think is a destructive behavior or has been destructive in their lives, I think is incredible. Um, in addition to, to sort of the therapy 12-step routes, I know that people have reached out to friends that they haven't spoken to in years because of how available some people are now via social media. I know that family relationships um, in some cases have strengthened significantly, um, even in spite of distance and uh, things that prevent us from being together in person. I, I think that we will leave this year, many of us, more empathetic, like Joan said, not able to ignore what we see um, in terms of suffering either on our streets or among the people that we know. I, I hope that we take that into 2021. I, I think it is one of the positive sides of the pandemic. And Kathy writes, my daughter and son-in-law on the East Coast worked from home with their two-and-a-half-year-old son. I FaceTime my grandson daily and spent two hours playing blocks, making up stories, mixing food coloring and glasses, reading, dancing, and hiding. I couldn't always see him on my screen, but I could hear him, and I could hear Mommy on Zoom calls in the background. Amazing. And Ray Alexandra, family time was another theme that emerged um, in your call-out, right? It was. And interestingly, it was we heard from so many grandparents um, having similar uh, situations. A lot of grandparents, it seemed like even if they weren't able to be in the same room as their grandchildren during this, they did find connection online, on FaceTime, on Skype. 
helping with lessons, um, helping keep them distracted because obviously a lot of parents are working from home. Um, so yeah, I actually think despite a lot of people being worried about, you know, tensions at home and being too close to your spouse and all that kind of thing. It's actually been very good for families on a, on some levels, particularly the grandparents. The grandparents seem to be having quite a nice time. We're talking about what got you through 2020. This is Forum. I'm Ariana Prail. Let's go to caller Linda in, in Novato next. Linda, you're on. Well, uh, this is a good follow-up to the conversation with grandparents. Um, I will first say KQED has gotten me through a bit of this time. But as a grandparent, I connect with my grandson in Los Angeles through FaceTime. And we start. We have been doing a book club, and I help him with homework. We read books together. But the most fun thing with he and my husband is we play cards on FaceTime. And we make up silly card games. He has a deck. And we have decks, and we play Uno, and we play Crazy Eights. But mostly it's an opportunity to laugh. And we started to do it because L.A. is doesn't have, in, you know, he's in an apartment and it's Zoom school. So we thought that it would be really great for him. It turned out to be really a blessing for us, too, because we laugh and giggle. And he's 11, and he's indulgent of silly jokes. So thing, and I recommend to grandparents to do something oh, simple. Thank you. Like Thanks for sharing that, Linda. And listener Kate writes, the thing that really got me through this year has been a text thread with four, with four of my best friends, most of whom live outside of the Bay Area. We've been close for years, but this has transformed our relationship. We text every day, all day, and it's become a safe space to be vulnerable and vent and cry and admit when things are hard and learn how to ask for support and to share ridiculous memes. Two of us have gotten divorced this year. Several have lost family members. Two are struggling small business owners. And one friend is a nurse whose reports from the front lines keep us grounded. We've all learned how to be radically honest with each other and radically supportive as well. I don't know what I would do without the thread. So Ray Alexandra and Tony Bravo, as we begin to wrap up, I'm wondering if there's um, a particular person that you might want to shout out and kind of how they helped might have helped you get through this year. Oh, Ray Alexandra. Um, honestly, my, my bubble has been extremely small. It's just been me and my boyfriend um, and my best friend. Uh, so he has kept me sane. And the fact that he has a vehicle has kept me extra sane <laughs> because it means that we can go and we can go on drives and we can go to places we've never been before so we don't feel quite so claustrophobic. Um, if it wasn't for him, I very much would be only within range of where I can cycle to. So, um, yeah, he's he's kept me going 100%. And what about you, Tony Bravo? Well, I have to shout out my husband as well. Uh, we got married in February before the pandemic, and our joke is that we did not choose the pandemic as one of our honeymoon options. We were considering Venice. Um, but because he has a great sense of humor, because he's empathetic and listens, and we've figured out how to make a one-bedroom apartment simultaneously function as two people's offices. Um, it's It's been a better 2020 for us than I know it's been for many people. Um, and I would also like to certainly shout out the readers uh, that have been in touch with me to let me know about their coping mechanisms, what's going on in their community, where journalism needs to shine a light. Um, thank you to those readers that 
have made it possible for us to tell stories during some very difficult times for in-person reporting and interaction. And Connie writes, I've been encouraged by experiencing trust connections with my students despite distance learning so they can tell me what they are really truly feeling and need. And to close things out, I want to play a little of Leslie Odom Jr.'s version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. I'm not even into Christmas music like that, and I know not everybody celebrates, but this is a a song that my sister and I love, and now it's kind of one of our things. And so I want to dedicate it to my sister, who's helped me get through this year. Um, There have been years where we didn't always talk, but I feel like this year we have a closer bond than ever, and I'm grateful for that. So wishing you and yours a warm and healthy holiday. Um, Thank you to Ray Alexandra and to Tony Bravo for joining me today. I'm Mariana Prail. This is Forum. Hang a shining star upon the highest Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.